Okay, so today we're looking at Batman, number four, the winter issue, published in 1941. And we're looking at the third comic within that issue. So on the cover we see not Batman, but a newspaper. The newspaper says across its headline, Public Enemy Number One Starts Jail Sentence. And we see that the newspaper costs two cents. Bursting through the newspaper, we see criminal identification files. And there's this guy in a green suit with red hair. He's number 5678400. We also see a few panels highlighting his life. We see him as a child beating a guy up. Him as an adult with his feet up on a desk. And him dead on a staircase. The narration informs us that this is Jimmy McCoy, and he's a criminal. He's become public enemy number one, and then he died alone. Then it tells us there's a moral to his story, and we should try to figure it out while we read, or maybe we already know it. So the comic proper starts out with a recap of this guy's life. In the first panel, we see his dad dying. In the second panel, we see him getting a job to pay for him and his mother's living expenses. He's beating a guy up in, like, the job workyard. We're told that even though he has a job, he doesn't earn much. And he wants to earn more because he doesn't like his mother working as well. And he talks to this guy all smartly dressed with a jacket and a hat. And this guy is all, I deliver beer for the bootleggers. You should deliver beer too. You'll earn lots of money. And he's like, ooh, lots of money. I want that. So he gets a job as a bootlegger and he delivers beer. But one day he gets caught for delivering beer and he gets taken to a trial and the judge is all, we don't like that because it's prohibition. We're going to put you in a boys detention center for the next year and a half until you turn 18. And his mother, who he's brought with them, is so shocked that she dies on the spot. And of course, Jimmy blames the judge and the whole law in general for his mother dying. So he does not become a reformed citizen at the detention center. He says to himself, they killed her. They killed my mom. And when he gets out a year and a half later, he goes right back to bootlegging. Apparently, because he's not sneaky at all, he immediately gets caught again and sentenced for another year. But this time, instead of being sent to a boy's detention facility, he's sent to jail. And in jail, he meets all the more dangerous criminals, and they're all, Hey, we know you like bootlegging. Do you want to come join our gang? And he's like, Yeah, of course I want to join a gang. So he does, and he starts beating up people in bars, and he's all, And from now on, you're going to buy our beer. But he's not content just being in a gang. He wants to lead the best gang. He starts taking over other people's territory. And then one day... Everything turns on its head for him because, you see, it's now legal to drink alcohol again. Jimmy's like, I can't sell illegal beer now. What am I going to do? I guess we'll step up our protection racket. But apparently he made some missteps while increasing his protection racket. And the police catch him for not paying his taxes. Kind of like Al Capone. And they say, this time you're going to jail for ten years. And he gets all angry. He's like, no, I am successful. You can't put me in jail. But they do anyway. And he spends ten long years in jail. We see the pages fly by. We learn that he was put in in 
1931, and he gets out in 1941. This year. So after his 10 years in jail, he walks out a free man, and he's all, I'm going to get the mob back together, and I'm going to rule the city just like I used to. Meanwhile, the new guy who's in charge of mobs, Big Costello, is all, I see that this previous leader of the mobs has gotten out, and I'm not willing to give him my mob. We're going to oppose him. Later, we see Jimmy back on the street where he grew up, and he's like, yeah, looks pretty normal. Looks like no time has passed at all since I lived here. And then, a big purple car drives by, and it starts shooting at him. This is Big Costello's attempt to kill him before he restarts the mob, and all the children playing outside have to run away. And they all mostly do, but one little girl gets shot in the leg. This pisses Jimmy off, and he shoots the car. He's lucky, though. He hits it in the wheel, and it crashes, killing everyone inside. He's all, good car crash on me. I better run away before the police get here. But it's not only the police he has to worry about. Batman, his first appearance in the entire comic, it's been four pages. He jumps down, and he's like, I'm going to catch this guy. Jimmy, despite being in jail for ten years, and Batman only operating for like a year and a half at most, goes, the Batman, and runs off. Batman chases him, but he shoots at Batman a couple times, and eventually he shoots Batman in the shoulder where he isn't wearing a steel vest, so he has to go home. That night, Jimmy is getting his gang back together. Some of them are people that used to be in his old gang. Some of them are people who just don't like Big Costello. And he's all, we're gonna take over. We also find out a new trait of his. He's superstitious. He says, I can't light a cigar on a match that is already lit too. And he pulls out his lucky rabbit's foot, and he's all, If I ever lost this, I wouldn't have any luck anymore, and I'd probably just die. You're not that lucky. You've spent like a third of your life in jail. Anyway, he goes back to his old ways of being a mobster. He starts harassing people for protection, even though they're already paying Big Costello for protection. We see one time he goes after someone, a tailor. His men spray acid from acid guns on the guy's suits when he won't pay them. Wonder how they got acid guns. This whole thing leads to a big gang war, although we don't see any specifics. Meanwhile, in Bruce Wayne's apartment, Bruce Wayne is reading about the gang war. And he's all, we need to investigate this gang war, Dick. And Dick's like, okay, what are we going to do? And Bruce is all, you're going to dress up as a shoeshine. So the next day, we see a shoeshine kid go up to Jimmy and, and be all, do you want me to shine your shoes? And he's like, no, get away from here. But he does not reinforce this, and Dick is able to sneak inside his house, where he's able to listen at the door. But they're speaking so softly, he can't hear them. And he's got to peep through the keyhole and lip-read like a deaf guy, says the comic. And he finds out that they're going to go attack the Penguin Club tomorrow night. So he goes back home and he's like, Bruce, they're going to attack the Penguin Club. Bruce is all, yeah, we'll be there. And if you look at him, you can see in the shadow, he's smoking his pipe. But the real man isn't smoking his pipe. Does Bruce Wayne have a fake shadow that just follows him around and pretends to be him? The guy who owns the Penguin Club has also heard that Jimmy is going to go attack the Penguin Club, and he calls Big Costello, and he's all, Oi, I'm paying you protection money, you gotta come protect me now. 
And Big Costello's like, you know what? You're right. We're going to come protect you. So that night, we see Batman and Robin up on a roof looking down at the Penguin Club. And they see Jimmy and his red car. And people are getting out and going in. Then they see more thugs. And Batman's like, I recognize those thugs. They work for Big Costello. There's going to be even more gang war in there. Better go and save the innocent people. And they're right, there is even more gang war in there. People are getting shot all over the place. Jimmy, whose hair is mysteriously changed color, is shot in the shoulder. He yells, ouch, my shoulder, and you can't really tell who it's coming from, but he is clutching his shoulder, so we have to assume it's him. Right after that, Batman and Robin burst in. They stop the gang war and beat up all the guys themselves. Batman throws one into a table. He tells that guy that it's impolite to put your elbows on the table. Although I'm pretty sure there are pieces of etiquette that say you can in certain situations. Jimmy takes advantage of the chaos and keeps shooting people. At least until Batman picks up a table and lobs at him. A really big table too. Like bigger than him. Then he and Robin get into the kitchen start throwing plates at everyone. And Robin picks up the instruments that the entertainment plays and starts bashing people over the head with them. That's quite a lot of property damage, you two. They cap it off by bursting out a window, even though there was a perfectly good door that the gangsters just used. We see back at the club, after Batman and Robin have left, the guy going, So much property damage, just like I said. Then we see Jimmy in his car, which is now green. And he turns on the radio, and the radio is like, We're hunting for Jimmy McCoy. We're trying to arrest him for his extortion racket. We're also trying to get the other guy, but mostly Jimmy McCoy. And the other gangsters with Jimmy McCoy are like, No, no, we don't want to be caught by the police. You're on your own now, man. He's all, You guys suck. If I see you again, I'm going to shoot you. And now I'm going to go get Big Costello myself. So he does. He gets out of his car, he loads up his gun, and he runs off to where he thinks Big Costello is going to be. But on the way, he has the most terrible luck. First it starts raining. Then he sees that he dropped his rabbit's foot, which was very important to him. Meanwhile, we see Batman and Robin, who have been staking out Jimmy's place, and they're all, he's not here. He must be doing something else, like going after Big Costello. And they race off to intercept him. Meanwhile, Jimmy's having even worse luck. He sees a black cat cross his path. He remembers it's Friday the 13th, but none of this deters him. He's still going to go shoot that guy. He really wants to. Eventually, he comes to the steps of the courthouse. This is where he thinks Big Costello is going to be. And he's right, that's where he is. He's been brought in for questioning, I suppose. And a bunch of his men are there, too. The narration tells us that many shots are fired, and the guns make lances of flame and sudden death. But we don't get to see the fight. We're back to Batman and Robin, who finally catch up to Jimmy. When they get to the courthouse steps, they see only one guy still standing, and it's Jimmy McCoy. And they're like, all right, you're going to jail. And he's all, ha, no, I'm not. I'm just going to die. Then he does. He claws at his chest. Then he falls over. He falls down the courthouse steps, and he rolls all the way to almost the street, and then he dies for real. Later, we see Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. Bruce is sitting in a gray chair. That looks like it has a lever to put out a leg rest or something. Bruce Wayne is all, Too bad about Jimmy McCoy. I feel like he had talent and he would have gone far in business. And Dick is like, Yeah, even though he was a criminal, there was something about him. Hey, Bruce, if you had anything to say to the boys and girls of the world right now, what would you say? 
And Bruce Wayne is all, Don't be impressed by the power of criminals. I know they're really cool, but their life is a life of fear. Fear of the police, and fear that they too will end up like Jimmy McCoy. Sometimes I feel like moral arbitrators of the 40s put words into Bruce Wayne's mouth. We get one final shot of the courthouse steps, and the comic asks us, So did you figure out the moral of the story? And we're like, um, being a criminal makes you dead? And it's like, that's right, crime does not pay. I liked this comic okay. I thought Jimmy wasn't too bad a character. But there really wasn't enough Batman in it. I read these comics to see Batman, and when he doesn't show up until page 4 of his 12-page comic, I feel like we're really missing out. Not nearly as bad as the period drama one, though. The end.